I absolutely could not be happier that it's my turn to intro. It is your turn. Welcome back to Chips and Bits, your most favoritist podcast about your most favoritist things. You Video and I? games. Oh. Uh, hosted by your second and third favoritist things, your second favoritist thing, me, the host this week, Matthew Anderson, and your third favoritist thing, Kenny Myers. Hi. Hi, Kenny. Hi, Matt. Uh, Thanks for having me. You had me, actually. We're over at your house. It's arbitrary. Okay. And it's not 100 degrees in here today. It's not. Yep. Oh, the seasons have changed. It's winter again. It's fall. Yeah. Well, same thing in Winter Seattle. is coming, though. So for the first time ever in Chips and Bits history, uh, ever, yeah, I think. Although of course, it's right after I said that, I know <laughs> you could think of an instance. I don't right. even know what you're talking. Because here's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say we're gonna go back to back on indie games, but I think we kind of decided that this doesn't count as an indie game because it's not from an indie developer. Right. right. It is a small game. It's, it's done in the style of an indie game, so like mm, it kind of well, feels. Well, it's done like... in the style of an indie game if the indie game has an Unreal Engine behind right, it. Right. <laughs> like, but yeah, I, so I realized as soon as I said that, a small game would actually be. Right. Well, I guess Journey would. They consider Journey technically uh, an indie game, but it's actually the same deal. Yeah. Well, and I was thinking more. I, I fell victim to delivery mechanism. I, I've. For this genre of consoles, I have uh, confused downloading games like Shadow Complex with Indie Game, which obviously Shadow Complex is not one of. Right, but it's a small game. It's a small game, yeah. And, so I mean, it's kind of like indie music has been a genre, even though it's kind of a joke. Right, right. So, so I'll rephrase that then. For the first time ever, we're going to go, I think, back-to-back with two small games in a row. That last, didn't have large marketing budgets. Yes. Last episode being the wonderful Guacamelee, which I hope all of you listened to. And today, and bought and, bought and yeah. played mm-hmm. and agreed with us on. Otherwise, and today, what's almost wrong in with the you? same joyous spirit and story of Guacamelee, we have brothers. No, we have brothers, a tale of two sons. Correct. Which is just as delightful and humorous. It's just the greatest, probably, as... video game name ever, right? Oh. I can't think of one that's better than that. I was actually referring to the story. Just no, I was referring to the, just the title of the game, just straight out of Brothers. the box. Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. A Tale of Two Sons. Not sure it could be any cheesier. That's true. It's really just the worst title. Yeah. <laughs> why hard. did they name it that, really? I don't know. I have no idea. Maybe that's why they didn't have a big marketing budget. Yeah. <laughs> that's why they're indie. The developers on this game were great, but unfortunately they're not very good at naming things. Maybe they're the same people who named Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. I don't, I don't know that one. Well... There's reason for it. Yeah. No, so we shouldn't review that one? That one came out a long time ago. Oh, okay. All right. Well, let's review Brothers then. Yes. I have brothers. You have brothers. I do. We all have brothers. They're the worst. No, my brothers are great. No, oh, my brothers are just the worst. They really are. Especially at reviewing podcasts. Man, they suck at that. <laughs> just awful. <laughs> so, yeah, brothers. Uh, what a great game. 
And thank you for listening to the Chips and Come Bits on, man. That's how we do it. Oh. That's how we do it. Um, Not just a great game, a wonderful game. Yeah. It's uh, uh, delightful, if I might say. It's really... Uh, it's more of a wonderful story. Not just that. It's pretty... Uh, it, it's, it was weird. It's kind of unassuming. It, it's, you, it's small. It's short. Uh, I don't understand how it can be unassuming. You're gonna have to explain that a little. Maybe more. that's the wrong word. It's, it just like shows up and it's like, like a, hey, I'm, I'm a it's game. It's like a but wolf in worry. sheep's clothing, whatever the proper term is for that. But I mean, you you start playing the game, the graphical style is cartoonish. Um, it kind of has like a a, ch- a childish kind of fairy tale feel to it, and yet the entire thing, the entire story is revolves around and is compelled by death. So it hides its complexity. It does. It it, it hides its complexity. Yeah. It's like a wolf in sheep's clothing. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah but no i mean you start the game and you you start out well i mean we should probably talk about the basic premise of the game if you haven't figured out yet kenny that's that's what i'm trying to do oh, okay i'm trying to do that right now very good so you start out yes continue no 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 please uh, so you start out uh at the tombstone of your mother your mother's tombstone and you're really upset because you're a young boy no actually you start out at the screen that's his brother. Sorry, that's right. Right before that, you're at the two title screen. Sons, two sons, uh, and then not as soon as Tucson, no. and then you press start, and then you're at your mother's tombstone. There we go. Yeah, uh, so that's how it starts. It starts out, you know, with hey, your mom's dead. She died drowning. She did. Right after that, they show you a little recap of how she got there. Nice little recap. It's like yeah, which is great. As that wasn't gloomy enough, you know, standing on the cliff. With you get the... to watch her drown. Yep. As as one of the brothers. Not just drown. A tale not... of two sons. She doesn't just drown. Again, let's clarify what really happens here. You're on a boat. She falls into the water. You try and save her, but you're young and you can't hold her up out of the water. And so she slips out of your grasp and she can't swim and then she drowns. Right. So... It's more she drowns and also you could have saved her, but you were unable to. Actually, that's not how I took it. Oh, that's how I took it. Like, because he, he holds on, he holds on to that guilt, I'm supposed to imagine. That's no, I so well, I don't think it. he could save her because he was a small child and she was a full grown woman and he couldn't like grab a hold of her because it was the right. That's, that's what I said. That's not what you said. It is. I thought you said like he tried to save her. I he, mean, well, he does. He goes right. to grab for her, but he's you young you and small. You mentioned that. It was like she failed to save her. No, I said he's young well, and small, so he couldn't hold on to her. To you. Yikes! Sorry. Per so the explain usual. the basic premise of the game. Start basic, from the beginning. Basic premise is once you get through this uh, initial story here, is that you've got a younger brother. So you come to the game's main screen, and it says "Brothers: A Tale, a tale of, of Two, two sons. sons." Right. And you hit start. You press start. You go to the tombstone, and then it pan, pans back. Yeah, your mom's dead. You, you find out how she. <laughs> this is stupid. She drowns. <laughs> she drowned. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, and so then you you go back and you join your your brother. <clears throat> Can you describe the start screen to me? Yeah, we'll put it in the notes, Kenny. <laughs> That's not supposed to be our excuse. That's supposed to be our boon. Yeah, exactly. So you you join your brother and you find you, your your brother is asking you to help him roll your dad, who's on a stretcher. It's more like a wheelbarrow because again, this is fairy tale. Your dad's sick, but your dad's sick. So your mom's not only dead, your dad's sick, and your brother right. needs help rolling him back home, which you do. Rolling him to the doctor. Yep. And you take him to the doctor's house, or I think it's your house and the doctor's there, whatever, and you find out... It's the doctor's house. You find out that your dad is sick, and there's only one thing in the world that can save him, and you have to go get it. Otherwise, from the tree he, of life. From the tree of life. Otherwise, he's going to die. Right. Um, so then you'd be left without 
both of your parents, which would really suck. Would suck to lose a family member like that. And that gives us uh, uh, that that provides me with a good segue to Kenny uh, to talk to you about how uh, interesting it is how they reveal this plot to you, considering they don't say any words. No, they speak in a gibberish language. I think it's Polish. Cool, great, thanks, Kenny. You're welcome. So they speak in gibberish Polish, uh, but no, it's like it's like The Sims. They speak in like a they don't actually say words. They're just yeah. And they have phrases, obviously, that they wrote because they repeat them several times throughout the game. Like when they you're do. calling to your brother, you use the same gibberish, but they're nondescript words. No. All of the story and emotion is conveyed through, uh, you know, body language, expressions, pointing in a certain direction, waving, uh, showing pictures. Clapping. Yeah, you carry around this little map, and every time you want to ask someone, hey, how do I get to the tree of life? You like hold up this t- picture of a tree, and then he's like, and he points in the direction of the tree. Or like, or right. Yeah, one of those. Uh, yeah, and so that's that's the premise that the game starts on, and then you. Well, uh, the premise the game starts on is the screen that you see when you look. Okay, I'll stop. That's it. That's, that's your the that's last your one. Final warning. Okay. Okay. <laughs> We're cutting you off, Kenny. So what? So what's going on with the mom in this? <laughs> Jesus. While well, they're guarding the dad. Incorrigible. I'm sorry. <clears throat> All right. Well, why don't you talk about the game mechanic, which right after you've found out what the story is, uh, you're thrust into what is the interesting game mechanic that makes this game different. The game mechanic is you have, on most controllers, two analog thumbsticks, and each individual brother in a brother's A Tale of Two Sons is controlled <laughs> by one thumbstick, and they have actions Uh and those are the trigger buttons, essentially. Mm-hmm. And so the basic premise is that you control each brother with the individual thumbstick and then use the action button to interact with objects that you then use the other brother to interact with you to get around, pretty much. And I really wish I could have taken a picture or a video recorded Kenny describing that to you because I'll, I'll just paint a picture for you. As he's trying to describe this, he's looking up at the corner of the ceiling, focusing really hard on trying to describe the game mechanic, which is a really good, uh, you know, actual visual description for what it's like in the beginning when you're actually trying to use this mechanic. You really have to stop and be like, I, what is, I don't, this doesn't make any sense with my brain. It made sense for me. Yeah. It, well, that's because I had practice from Nino Cooney. I got used to it. Yeah. Um, but, but I will say that as soon as I got used to it, they, one of the one of the great things about this game is that they didn't overcommit to the puzzle types or the specific mechanics to solve them. Right. So they teach you something, uh, it would progress. You'd use it maybe two, three times, and it'd get harder and harder each time. And then as soon as you felt like you'd mastered it, they'd switch to something else. Um, and so there there weren't many repeat mechanics in the game, which I really thought was great. But that does mean that every time I just felt like, oh sweet, I'm getting the hang of this. My brain is making sense of this. It'd switch it up and I'd be like, fuck, I, uh, what's happening here? I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, really, though, there's only four buttons in play or four controls. Yeah. Two sticks and the two triggers for it. I mean, that's it. Sure. But I mean, the action button's multi-purpose. Sometimes it's yelling. Sometimes it's waving. Sometimes it's moving it's something. It's pretty much just action. Sometimes it's climbing. Oh, yeah. Yes. The climbing was really interesting. The climbing was crazy. I mean, I don't, can we describe that in words? Yeah. So each brother is controlled by the individual thumbsticks he's he's looking up again (laughs) and then what you would do is uh you would you would trigger to grab on and then you you press up and it shows your characters reaching up to like 
reach the next ledge, you let go of the trigger and then quickly trigger the actions again so that they actually secure onto the next ledge. Yep. Um, every, cool. one, every once in a while, you couldn't, basically, you had to zigzag. And so you couldn't do both jumps at the same time. Oh, man. You that... had to be keeping track of which brother you were about to let go of the trigger on and then grab that one again, but don't let go of the right trigger and then, then let go of it. That reminds me of one of my favorite mechanics, actually, in this whole control scheme. Um, there's a there's a sequence when you're up in a in a castle in the sky and you tie a rope to the the brothers tie a rope to each other oh yeah the swinging and then you're using each individual brother to essentially swing so you're like left trigger uh let go of right trigger brother starts swinging quickly hit the right trigger to grab onto the next ledge and Mm -hmm. then the left trigger kicks in it was awesome yeah that was really good. There was lots of good stuff in this game, not especially just considering the mechanics. Again, there's only four buttons, but they came up with uh, quite a few different interesting puzzle techniques. It's hard for me to not compare this game to Journey, actually. Really? That surprised me, so go for it. Well, not in, it's like Journey's very existential. Like it's, it's, it's a game that's like, they don't give you a lot of information. They don't give you like a, a path. I, sure. They all yeah. kind of end in the same. It ends in the same place, and you kind of understand what you just did, even though you don't really know why you did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this game is the same idea. I mean, it's a. I mean, it's a game that has a linear path, but it kind of ha- comes to the same sort of conclusions, really, as Journey, although in a sadder, not happy, frolicking up the uh, um, volcano way. Yeah, as Journey. <laughs> Yeah, on the jet stream. Um, but, I mean, the, the the premise of it, just sort of the way you move forward and the way things kind of happen naturally within the game, um, they felt like, like two sides of the same coin. Like, Journey was a, a journey without a narrative, mm-hmm. and this was a journey with a very strong narrative, actually, pretty much throughout, minus the words, mm-hmm. like, which they both don't have, um, leading towards a destination that essentially leaves you feeling something which you usually don't feel at the end of games other than elation having completed a game. Okay. I think I'm I think I might be following you, Kenny. Thank you. I think I think what you just described is that both of those games did a good job of masking uh the linearness of the gameplay. They did. Yep. And uh yes, left you in the end with a with a feeling you don't commonly get with video games these days. Right. Which was, wow, what did I just play? Did I play something? Right. Yeah. And a lot of that had to do with the mechanics involved. Sure. Like you were saying, the differentiation between areas and how you would use just very simple mechanics mm-hmm. to get around, um, I think, really added to how much you can do with such simple things. Yep. One of the, uh, <clears throat> that reminds me of one of the kind of accidental uh, issues that comes up in this game, which was actually hilarious, for, uh, in my opinion, is that even though you're it's a single player game, you're only playing with one person you would still bump into similar issues that you would if you were playing a multiplayer game with a friend and, you know, they got stuck behind a box or something. You're like, dude, I'm, I'm trying to swing you to this ledge. Just move out from behind that fucking box. Yeah. And then you can't, and your brain would basically do that for you. You'd get confused with the controls and you'd accidentally move the wrong brother behind the box. And then the other one's trying to tug him and he's stuck behind the box. And you're like, oh my God, I, I just can't play this game properly. I suck. The thing that I would try to do is have each brother aligned to their stick. On the, on the proper side of the screen. So, yeah. So like, oh, yeah. If, if the right, the, the little brother's the right side, mm-hmm. he would, I would always try to keep him on the right side of the screen or at least to the right of the older brother who's the left side. 
Um, and whenever I was playing it, whenever they got crossed, that's always when I yeah, fucked up the totally. most. I had to do the same thing. It, like, yeah. And an older brother left thumbstick was ahead as well. Sometimes you need to walk across platforms in a certain, in a, you know, someone jumps over first, the other yeah. person jumps over second. Left, older brother always had to be in front because otherwise my brain just could not keep track of yeah. who was and controlling you, what. And you get used to it, but you never, ever actually are 100% there with it, I feel. Yeah, and that's kind of what I was shooting for originally. Like, you, you do get... Well, you, had, you used a lot of words to get I'm that. sorry. I'm sorry. You did a much better job with that particular metaphor. Thank you. Uh, yes, you get used to it. Yeah, and I would say that you just you never quite feel completely comfortable with it. It's always just kind of throws you off just a bit. Yeah. Um, we should talk a little bit about... I mean, we should save the story, because I think we should actually go through all the different elements of the story. Okay, sure. Uh, but the, the look and feel of it uh, was pretty, like... It was pretty stylized. It was like an animated it. film, but... Yeah. With but not dark really. undertones. I, it's yeah, like, it's like hard to de- how, do, how do you describe that style? I think you did a good job. I mean, the 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 way that the world is set up, it's very. Um, it's like, like the I said, secret of Nim. Not yeah, a Disney it's, it's kind of fairy tale ish, yeah. but it doesn't have. It, it's not cell shaded, and it's not you know, uh, it's not um, comicy or cartoony. It's it's like faux realism in a sort of fairy tale way. It feels right. like a, a like a ethereal. A, yeah, yeah. It's not obviously stylized drawing wise like something like Braid would be or anything. It's 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 definitely more realistic. But it does kind of have the color palette. Of yeah, Braid. it has the same sort of feel where it feels kind of like floaty. Like yeah. they used a lot of pastel for a lot of the looks of things, and I thought that was really, um, you know, the art direction in this game was pretty fantastic actually. Was it? Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought it was quite good. You know, one we need to like we need to review Pagel or something. <laughs> Because a game that's fun, that art direction isn't. Oh, I guess the unicorn and Peggle's. The unicorn's good. pretty recognizable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're just suckers for it, man. Hey, that's, that's what we do. Or maybe not in the next podcast. We are the prof- art direction's pretty good. We are professional video game reviewers. We are not. That is an oxymoron. <laughs> yeah, the the style was great. Uh, I, I like what they where they settled on. Um, pastel. I would describe it as kind of like pastel painting with obviously clear lines because it's polygons somehow they even managed to walk that fine line uh with the brother's hair where it wasn't quite that like jrpg uh you know you know dragon ball z effect uh but also i wasn't annoyed by it so they did something with it where it, it didn't really irritate me even though it was kind of in that same vein that's nice. That, 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 that's our review, actually. Yeah. The hair didn't irritate us. Yep. The hair, the hair was not going irritating. Up on Metacritic. <laughs> oh, well, if the hair doesn't irritate, then it must be a great game. Yep. Yep. <laughs> what, a, what a stupid detail to bring up. I, out of all the details in this game, which is wonderfully. Well, hair's, hair's difficult. Well, hair's difficult, but it's unimportant. Well, not if you're Lara well, Croft. You, the hair in Tomb Raider was excellent. Right. There are times when it makes sense to talk about it. And for me, like when you get into cartoon cell shaded stuff, typically what no, they do is either no, the spiky no hair. No, time to talk about the hair unless it's really like just outlandish. There's Final Fantasy style, which everyone I hope agrees is just ridiculous. You should not ever have that in a game. Well, I don't, I don't agree with you on that. Right. Right. Because I, because it's it's the style. Sure, it's a stupid style. No, it's just the style. Right. Hmm. Yeah, so anyway, the hair was really great in this game. I didn't say it was great. I said oh, they sorry. did a good... Uh, the hair really did the job of pulling you into the world. No, it didn't. It's... Never mind. One of my favorite things about the narrative was actually the character's hair <laughs> and how it just really 
really filled the whole thing out. We weren't talking about the narrative. Do you know what I really like in this game? What? The art direction. So what else should we talk about? We should talk about the story. Let's do it. So uh, again, you start in this village. No, 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 no. You start at the title screen, Kenny. Oh, sorry. So your mom's dead. Right. Uh, after the title screen, after you hit start to go into the game. <laughs> and then uh, you take your dad to the doctor. Doctor says, tree of life. And then you have to go through Actually, this village. Actually, he says... Correct. And then he shows you a picture of the tree of life. Right. Uh, which you don't really know is the tree of life. But it's a giant it tree looks with like life-giving really. properties. So Yeah. And um, you try to go to the village, and then there's this crazy guy with a stick who won't actually let you into the village, and he laughs at you when you oh, try right. to get by him. I forgot about that guy. And it's funny because it's so... There are moments in this game that are really cutesy like this um, that are just kind of meant to be sort of lighthearted in a game that is incredibly dark. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, so you run through the town, and eventually you open up a cage for a little dog, like a wiener, like the size of a wiener dog that chases after the guy and distracts oh, him. right. And I forgot about all this And stuff. that's how you get through the village to the next part, where mm-hmm. you meet the ogre. Oh, that part was so cool. And the ogre's sitting there crying. Yeah. And uh, it does like sound like everyone tears. in this game. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> right. Uh, not the not the girl. Um, yeah, we'll get to her. Yeah. Bitch. <laughs> um, well, the ogre girl's pretty awesome. She wasn't crying. She was a badass. I assumed you weren't talking about her. No. I'm talking about the... I, I assumed you would have said ogre girl. <laughs> you were That's referring true. to the ogre girl versus uh, the girl. I don't know if she identifies as ogre, just to be fair. So you see this crying ogre. And you're like, why are you crying? Uh, well, you, you're kind of... Actually, you don't actually... I don't know what no, you say. No, you just sort of assume that he like sees two friends and he's like, hey, people. And then you show him the picture of the fucking tree. Yep. And he goes, this way. Yep. Well, actually, he goes... <laughs> right. Yeah. Which in Polish, I believe, is this way, gentlemen. <laughs> Correct. Um, this way, brothers. A tale of two sons. <laughs> Oh. And you enter this giant mining complex, which is full of evil ogres. Wait, no. You have to talk about the great, the greatest part about meeting the ogre. When he starts lifting you up and helping you around the area? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you get to these... The, these. He becomes this essentially platform. Yeah, there's, there's ravines. You yeah, you can't, you can't cross them, and he'll pick you up and just toss you aside. Or he'll climb down. He's like four times the size of you. He'll climb down in between two mountains and spread his arms out so you can walk across them yeah. or hang from them. It was like, yeah. That's it was beautiful. About. And you well get done. up to the top of the mountain and you get into the mine. And the mine is actually kind of more of a traditional area for the game. It's pretty That's true. like, you're just, it's like a lever pulling, yep. wire Pull jumping levers, agenda. Jump from platforms, yep. But you end up at this area with this girl ogre 